Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. It's Monday, May 21st. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio from Industry Focus, Shannon Jones. Thanks for being here. So glad to be here, Chris. So, uh, doing something a little different today and tomorrow. We're we're actually taping this on Friday because uh, the multimedia team, of which uh, our man behind the glass, Dan Boyd, is a proud member of, uh, they're going to be doing a, a training, uh, an all-day training on Monday and Tuesday. So we're taping stuff early. So we're not going to be talking about business news today or tomorrow. So so just you know, stick in, hang in there. If there's business news, and hopefully we'll get to it Wednesday or, or later in the week on Motley Fool Money, but I wanted to talk to you because um, you've got a science background, and I want to talk about an industry that I know I know you know it a whole lot better than I do, and it's one that we get so many questions about, um, and uh, and that's marijuana, and and in particular. Uh, particularly anytime we do a Facebook Live video or, or anything like that, we, we, we always get questions like, what do you think of marijuana stocks? And the, the short and easy answer is, well, here in the United States, most of them are penny stocks and they're mm-hmm. terrible. Um, but uh, there have been a few things that have happened recently that I, I thought might give us the opportunity to, to dig a little deeper into this, and particularly on, on the medical side of it. And let's, let's start with something. David Kretzman actually mentioned this to me the other day, and this is a, a recent merger in Canada mm-hmm. between Aurora and MedRelief, yes. um, which uh, was like a $2 billion merger or something like that. Yeah, one of the largest, if not the largest, acquisition deal in the industry. So, yeah, it was a $2.5 billion uh, all-stock deal for uh, MedRelief that uh, Aurora is deciding to move forward with. And so, we'll see if, if the vote gets approved by shareholders. I imagine it will. But uh, in particular, this really is a continued trend that we're seeing in the industry. It's consolidation. You see big players eating other big players. These are two massive rivals who are now joining forces to form the largest cannabis producing company in the world. In the world? In the world. Well, and obviously, the regulations are different in Canada. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know that that's obviously one option for investors who are looking to. And I and I love the question. I, I you know even though there's just sort of the quick and easy answer of well here in the U S most of them are penny stocks. I love getting that question because uh, it's a demonstration that investors are looking at growing trends and looking to invest into those trends. And certainly in the United States, where more and more states are approving various levels of. Uh, marijuana use, whether it's on the medical side or the recreational side, you know, it's a great question. Um, is this sort of resulting entity one that you look at and you think, oh yeah, this is a good opportunity for investors? Yeah, I think it's definitely one to put on your radar. So, in particular, with Aurora in this deal, um, they're looking at really global expansion. They're looking to become the top leader. So, um, for some of the the listeners that have had questions about marijuana stocks, um, many of you all know that Canada is set to legalize recreational marijuana here sometime over the summer. They're going to be voting on June the seventh. Um, so you see a lot of these deals happening in preparation for that. 
but really with Aurora, um, their focus is going to be in the medical marijuana space, which I think is the much better investment opportunity overall. Um, so even though they will be supplying uh, recreational use, they have come out and said that they will specifically focused, focus on patients first. So that means supplying uh, medical marijuana companies uh, globally. Europe has a pretty large medical marijuana market. Um, and the U.S., which we'll get to in a bit, is also starting to uh, pick up steam there, too. So I think if there are investments in the space that are not as risky as your penny stocks and the ones wrought with fraud, uh, Aurora Cannabis is certainly one to keep an eye on. And it really does seem like the medical space is, is where the opportunities, certainly for companies, it seems like there's going to be more of an opportunity for companies that are already in that space. Um, and I've talked before about, uh, you know, Dan and I have gone to South by Southwest the last few years. And um, uh, not this year, but last year, there was a huge presence on the trade show floor of marijuana companies. And almost all of them were on the medical side, on the research side, uh, pharmaceutical, et cetera. Um, which leads me to GW Pharmaceuticals. Yes. Um, which is a company I learned about from you. GW, not standing for George Washington. That's, George Washington. I, I think that's my bias uh, for living in this area. Um, but but you were saying GW Pharmaceuticals, which is publicly traded, is set to get FDA approval. Yes. Yeah. So GW Pharmaceuticals will be hopefully receiving uh, FDA approval coming up here by June the twenty seventh. That's what's called the PDUFA date when the FDA is set to make a decision. PDUFA. PDUFA. What is PDUFA? It's Prescription Drug User Fee Act. So basically, um, pharmaceutical companies pay lots of money to make sure the FDA can review and also to make sure that they can do it in a timely fashion. So the PDUFA date is the set approval date, which is June the 27th. Um, one thing to note, though, GW Pharmaceuticals recently had an expert FDA panel here in mid-April that unanimously recommended that the FDA approve their drug, which is called Epidiolex, for rare forms of childhood epilepsy. Um, in this particular advisory committee meeting, the FDA, by the end of it, after the unanimous approval, which is very rare, um, said that they actually hope to expedite that date. So really, the approval could even happen before June the 27th. So you're saying that kind of approval is rare, the unanimous approval. Do you think that has any ripple effect in terms of marijuana and approvals within the FDA, or is that just GW Pharmaceuticals has a home run with this thing, and and we can't extrapolate from that? Yeah, yeah. So in the uh, advisory committee meeting that uh, took place in April. The uh, company, GW Pharma, presented data from really well-controlled clinical trials, which is uh, interesting for a couple of reasons. One, historically, medical marijuana companies haven't even made it to the FDA. Secondly, they haven't had the funding to really run well-controlled trials that are worth the FDA's effort. So not only did they do that, but they had some pretty extraordinary data. So in particular, for these rare forms of childhood epilepsy, um, these are, are children that are extremely sick, some suffering 40 to 50 seizures a week. Um, they saw a reduction of 40% from their baseline seizure level, which is huge. Um, and so. GW Pharma was able to prove that the benefits outweigh the risk associated with their drug, Epidiolex, which is, is a huge first and really will be a landmark FDA approval and could really set up the industry, I think, moving forward 
to, to continue to seek other disease classes and really expand its reach. So, one of the things uh, in, in a lot of different industries, not just marijuana and, and uh, medical marijuana in particular, uh, but one of the things that investors can look at is um, R&D spending. Is it reasonable to expect that we're going to see more pharmaceutical companies spending more R&D money in this area? Oh, absolutely. Um, so, especially with GWF Pharmaceuticals being among the first and really showing that it can, uh, it can basically step up to the plate and have some well-controlled trials and show some pretty impressive data. I would not be surprised to see many of the major biopharma players also continuing to do that. Uh, GW Pharmaceuticals also has a competitor on its heels, a company called Zogenics. Also looking at the same therapeutic areas as well. So absolutely, you should expect to see biopharma jumping on board too. Uh, quick thanks to Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Um, if you're getting a mortgage, if you're refinancing your existing home loan, these are not fun endeavors. These are endeavors that take a lot of paperwork, signing your name many, many times. What's your middle name, by the way? Renee. Renee, okay. I just, anytime I think about when uh, my wife and I uh, bought our home, uh, just the number of times I had to sign my full name and, uh, yes. and, and my hand hurting at the end of it all. <laughs> anyway, when you're making a big financial decision like that, you want to be as confident as you are in your everyday life, as confident as you are in your job. And Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple. It allows you to fully understand all the details so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. One other, I don't want to say domino, because this is not a direct cause and effect, but one other um, thing that I'm seeing uh, that I think moves us closer to uh, a world where there are more viable options for investors looking to invest into the trend of marijuana um, is something that, that doesn't show up on any balance sheet or anything like that. It's really more anecdotal, and it's, it's in the world of professional sports. Yes. And we're seeing more and more athletes come out, um, in, in, particularly in the NFL, uh, but all, there was a big story in the Washington Post recently, um, uh, players who had recently retired from the NFL and from the NBA talking about how they were using marijuana just to manage the pain and how much, uh, how much better it worked for them than and I'll just you know, lump this in, a, you know, in one category, how much better it was than pills. Or injections and that sort of thing, and I, I, maybe it's just me, but I feel like that—that um, just gets us one step closer to um, treating this as, uh, for lack of a better word, a normal thing. It, it, in a way, it's 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 no longer this taboo thing. Absolutely, yeah. So I think um, in the world of professional sports, that's certainly one element of it. And really, what we're talking about is the pain management aspect, which is itself a huge industry. Um, and even more importantly, the opioid epidemic that has resulted because of pain being such a chronic issue for so many Americans. For instance, uh, according to the CDC, on average, 115 Americans die every single day just from an opioid overdose. 
So this is a huge problem, um, not just exclusive to professional sports, but to America. But to your point, Chris, um, it's interesting to see what the implications of removing that stigma of medical marijuana will be for professional sports. And it's not just players. Um, I believe it was in 2016, maybe even 2017, head coach uh, Steve Kerr for the Golden State Warriors came out, shared his story about complications from back surgery um, and talking about painkillers and then using medical marijuana and how much benefit he saw from it. And so having a voice like Steve Kerr um, is one thing from a coaching level. Even owners are now starting to chime in. Um, our beloved Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> who is no Bel beloved, beloved in, in air quotes, <laughs> is no stranger uh, to to the impact of um, the substance abuse policy, especially on his team, where disciplinary actions seem to to come out every week. But um, even he has come out and said we need to we need to change the policy for the NFL. So you're seeing this from players to coaches and even to owners. Um, and I would even say on the NFL level, front management, and even from the NBA office, you're now starting to see them open to studies to prove that medical marijuana could indeed be an alternative or at least an option for a lot of these players that are suffering from pain. No, I mean, all kidding uh, about Jerry Jones aside, I mean, it, it, is, uh, it is sort of refreshing to see uh, ownership taking this step. And I think part of it has to do with newer owners coming into the league, particularly younger owners um, uh, for whom uh, marijuana is just you know far less of a taboo subject. We had Andrew Brandt um, uh, on Motley Fool Money last week talking about uh, the Supreme Court decision on sports betting. And one of the things that he and I were talking about was uh, just sort of the Betting on sports being far less of a taboo thing than it than it was 30, 40 years ago, that sort of thing, and I think I think we're sort of seeing that play out with marijuana as well. Absolutely, and I think some of the key questions that um, will be on the minds of not just sports fans, but really for these athletes and even for us as uh, as fans is number one: could this acceptance of mar medical marijuana really lead to a uh, an ease on the ban for marijuana, could it also to ease some of the disciplinary actions that we see? And granted, in 2014, I think it was the NFL that did actually lower their threshold um, for, or actually up their threshold for the amount of marijuana that could be in a player's system. But we really want to know what will that look like? And then, more importantly, how do you know that it's recreational use versus medical need? I think that'll be the tougher question to answer in terms of how how they'll, you know, address it. And then, you know, thirdly, Jerry Jones has been pretty uh, vocal about wanting this issue to be resolved sooner rather than later. Um, current thought process right now for the NFL, at least, is this may come up in the 2020 collective bargaining agreement for players, um, and will be attached with that entire process. But you could potentially see this come out as its own supplemental. A negotiation that happens before 2022. Uh, two things uh, before I let you go. Uh, first, it, when you just sort of look at the entire uh, industry, um, we've talked about Aurora, we've talked about GW Pharmaceutical. Is there any other company that you just sort of look at and you think that's a company worth keeping its eye on? And it can be because of the amount of money that they're investing in R&D, uh, or it could be just 
as simple as public statements they've made about um, exploration that they want to do? Um, two quick companies come to mind. Care Therapeutics is another company that is, I think, um, going to be at the forefront of medical marijuana. Um, they've got a couple of indications or therapeutic areas that they're looking into as well. Um, also, too, if you're considering, you know, just outside of medical marijuana, Scott's Miracle Grow. Tim Hansen uh, talked about yes. that last week. Yeah, <laughs> Scott's Miracle Grow. Um, they've got a really solid, I think core business and really they're going to be supplying many major growers that are growing the marijuana so why not go after kind of I guess you call it a picks and shovel play at this point yeah uh, and last thing uh, since we were talking about the NFL uh, your beloved team yes the Carolina Panthers the Carolina Panthers have uh, a brand new owner how are you how what, what is the optimism level for Carolina Panther fans right now I think I think we're all cautiously optimistic right now um, obviously uh, going through the process that we went through with losing a previous owner a well-beloved owner um, and Jerry Richardson and, and now going through a new owner there are a lot of question marks what's going to happen to the team will they stay in Charlotte um, I, I, by the way I've heard that and that I yeah, it just seems like it's a well-established team, so I'm not entirely sure why they're. It, maybe that's just a gut-level panic reaction. But I, I just heard I, the first time I heard that, I thought, yeah. well, why would they move the team? Yeah, and I think it's because Charlotte fans have been through this. So the Charlotte Hornets, if you remember correctly, uh, left to go to New Orleans. We finally got them back. So I think there's some panic there. There's also too some uh, some wounds that still haven't mended. But I think that's really kind of on the mind. Of many fans, and you know, for I think his name's David Tepper, mm-hmm. um, former hedge fund manager. It'll be really interesting to see how he manages the team on a long-term basis um, compared with how he actually manages his business. So we'll see. Paid cash, yes. for the team, two point two billion dollars, and that's the highest amount of money anyone has paid for a professional sports team in the United States, and rightfully so. <laughs> Shannon Jones. You can read her on Fool.com. You can hear her on Industry Focus. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about on The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.